0: Say can you see By the taunting light What so proudly we hailed At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes
1: Thank you. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Have you found First Peter? This letter, we're journeying through it, verse by verse, week by week. It's written to believers who've had to leave their homelands and relocate in an area of the world now known as northern Turkey. And uh, they're going through hardships. And so he wrote this letter to encourage them, telling them, of the glorious things we have in Christ and in the kingdom, as well as how we should live. And so today's word is on how we should live. In light of the fact we've been born again of incorruptible seed, in light of the fact that we're going to come through our trials as gold and we're going to rejoice, in light of the fact that problems are temporary but we are eternal, in light of those things... He writes in verse 11, Beloved, Agapetos, dearly beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. He pleads with them. Uh, The word there for beg is the word parakaleo, which means to invite or to invoke. He's inviting them to join Him. Para is to be beside and kaleo is to call. He's calling them, exhorting them in light of the fact that they are sojourners and pilgrims. He's exhorting them to abstain from fleshly lust. So here they are, alien residents, immigrants, unwinted, probably unwanted, probably facing xenophobia, probably feeling like refugees in a place that, where they're hated. He's telling them to abstain from fleshly lust. Uh, when you move into a new land, there's new temptations, there's new things. And these things war against our soul. So abstain or stay away from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. When we yield to our flesh's cravings, that is our old nature to appease us and live for us and me first and nobody else, it does a number on our spiritual walk. Verse 12, it also does number on our witness. It says, Having your conduct or your behavior honorable. Can we say honorable? honorable? Honorable among the Gentiles. That is, non-Jews or heathen or unbelievers, pagans. That when, not if, but when, it will happen sooner or later, when they speak against you, when they slander you as evildoers, as though you were criminals, they may, by good works, by your good works, which they observe, they're watching you, glorify God on the day of visitation. It means some of them are going to be converted. Your witnessing may be your life more than your words. It ought to be your words, but our life ought to back up our words. Amen? And so while they may be persecuting you, like Paul uh, stoning Stephen to death, he sees this man dying under rocks that are pounding the life out of him. And he sees this man, even in his death, saying, Father, do not lay this sin to their charge. Like Jesus, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that image in his mind, no doubt, tormented him. And, and uh, who knows if it had a hand in leading to his conversion, but he did get converted. And one day he would rejoice in the day of visitation for Stephen's behavior. So we are being watched. And so in this foreign land in which we live, even though we're Americans, we have a dual citizenship. We're here on a mission. We're here as ambassadors, ministers of reconciliation, helping people see the love and light of the gospel and the love of God. We are here to be witnesses. Witnessing is important, but being a witness is even more important. And so because of that, We're to abstain from fleshly lusts at war against our soul for our personal benefit, but also fleshly lusts war against our witness. People won't listen to us. My dad used to say people will read your life and open their Bibles or they'll read your life and close their Bibles. If that's what Christians are like, verse 13, Therefore, because of what I just said, related to what he just said, Submit yourselves to every, can we say all? All. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. So for the sake of the Lord, submit yourselves to the laws of man, the ordinances of man. Now, should man's ordinances, uh, you know, should it become illegal for believers to meet together and worship like it is illegal in other countries? What are we to do? We're to practice civil disobedience. Not because we're rebellious, but because man's laws do not supersede God's laws, right? And we have a right to the freedom of worship. And so no one can keep that from us. So for the sake of the Lord, we submit ourselves to every ordinance of man that is not contrary to the Lord's will. Now, I mentioned this in the first service. Hopefully I won't hammer on it as much. But there is a debate, maybe... You're on the left side or on the far right side concerning marijuana. Some states are legalizing it, others are not. Currently, it is illegal in Texas. Whether or not you agree with our ordinances or disagree with our ordinances, I believe according to this scripture, there's no scriptures against marijuana. Yeah, there isn't, but there is this scripture. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Well, it's not right. It's not fair. There's people at the jailhouse, you know, living there for years, talking about how it's not right and not fair. If they just submitted themselves to the ordinance of man, they wouldn't be there. It's not right and not fair that someone else is raising their kids because they're incarcerated. Bless God, they're making a stand for righteousness, aren't they? Really? Laws against marijuana is not contrary to the will of God. Well, God wants us to enjoy the herbs of the field. Yes, but He didn't put a chimney on top of your head. Well, I'm going to have brownies in. Well, be careful, because if you wind up in jail, you have violated the Word of God. And what kind of witness are you there? Maybe you are called into jail ministry, but can't we just do that on Monday and Thursday nights and not have to be in there all the time? So if you find yourself in jail, wishing you had listened to this sermon more attentively, be a witness. Man, make the devil want to get you out of there quick. Don't become another jailhouse lawyer preaching the gospel of, of, you know, marijuana needs to be legalized. Let that that not be your focus. But people need Jesus. Amen? You want a J? There's a J for you. Jesus. All right. Now, I am going to leave it alone. The first service, I just went on and on and on and on. Too much. Too much. Like my mama, she would preach to us before spanking us. We'd say, Mama, go ahead and spank us. We can't take any more preaching. (laughs) Therefore, because we want people to glorify God on the day of visitation, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, that is, as someone superior to us, or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. The word there for king is a word basilius, which means a sovereign or a foundation of power. So whether you live in a monarchy where leaders are called kings or you live in the Roman Empire where the leaders is called the emperor, we are to submit ourselves to those that are in authority. It's, it's like we're submitting or honoring the office. Can we say Office. God put government in place. Human humanity. The first government in place was the family. Yes, the family preexisted everything, um, but then for families to live together in unity, we need government. Why? Because of sin. You know, it's just the way it is. And so uh, anarchy is not the will of God ever. And so um, we are to submit or recognize the king, our leaders, as superior to us. That it. That is as authority that needs to be recognized and honored. I believe that. Or to governors. Now, we know in Texas we have governors. In the Roman Empire, they had governors over different regions. But I think it also refers to those involved in law enforcement. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. In fact, you know, realize Paul didn't write this in chapters and verses. Man did this, separated that so we could find passages easier. And I'm glad they did, but keep in mind it it flows just like normal writing. Let's read the last verse of chapter 12. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Sometimes uh, we're tempted to try to overcome evil with evil. This is where I wrestle with elections because the lesser of two evils is still evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Sometimes goodness is as fine as a razor's edge. That straight and narrow path, we've got to stay on that and not vary from it even though your enemy may be all over the charts and you want to do the same. This is not a yin-yang thing. This is the line of the truth of God. The next verse, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So God appointed authorities and governments to be in position, all right? Uh, Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Yeah, but don't sometimes police go off the reservation? Yes, they do. And uh, there's, you know, departments of internal affairs that are supposed to deal with that. And nobody sins ultimately and gets by with it. Ultimately, justice does prevail. God's not fair, but he is just. But he's not fast either. His justice is slow. Why? Giving man a chance to repent. But too many of us are so wicked, we just dig ourselves a bigger hole. Verse 3, for rulers are not a terror for good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise for the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. But because of this, you also, for because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Jesus said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God. All right, back to our text. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. So ultimately, you're going to be blessed. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence or muzzle the ignorance of foolish men. So by doing good, submitting to governing authorities, the silent people that are slandering us, as free, even though we're free and we live under the law of God and not the laws of man per se, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. We submit to authority because we're submitting to God. And God commands us, asks us, requests us, here begs us to do this. You see that? so that you can be blessed, so that unbelievers can glorify God on the day of visitation, so that your life will do well and you can even get praise from those in government. doesn't always happen, but it can happen. Conclusion, verse 17. Honor all. Say everybody. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. You know, all people are not your brothers. They They may hate you. They may be... Heathens right now, but we're to love, honor everybody, and love one another. Fear God, that is respect God. That's the word which from which we get the word phobia. It means to revere or to be in awe of. It's high-level respect for God. And then honor the king. We say honor. Speaking to you today on this subject, we are called to honor and be honorable. Now, Peter's Peter is telling this to people who experienced great injustice, uprooted from their homelands, forced to move to other cultures, no doubt where they weren't wanted, under the, the domination of the Roman Empire and the corrupt governors that they had in place over them. And yet Peter tells them to do this. Why? So that they can be witnesses, so that they can stay in the real war, and so that they can do the will of God. There are some conflicts in this life that are really not the conflict of believers. I believe that. Some are, but some are not our conflicts. We've got to stay in the real war. Paul told Timothy, no soldier signing up entangles himself in the affairs of this life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. Stay in the real war. Whatever God has called you to do, be faithful to that. And part of our calling is to honor all people, honor God. Kings and governors, and by all means, honor one another and honor God. The word honor means high respect or great esteem. you honor someone, you're esteeming them you're respecting them. The word honorable means to bring honor or to be worthy of honor now here's here's where here's where the rubber meets the road sometimes. People are hard to honor because they're dishonorable. They're not worthy of honor. But the Word didn't say honor kings that are worthy of it. Did it? Honor people that are worthy, worthy of it. No, it says honor all. So the Word to esteem them, respect them. If you have to just honor the office, you do it. Because it's the will of God for us. You may not like the popo that pulled you over on the side of the road when you're on your way to do something. But you honor him or her. Honor them. Their job isn't easy. It puts great strains on their marriage. They need, they need a taste of the love of God, so some respect would be nice. It would bless you in the long run. Biblical honor is something we're going to look at some different facets of how honor functions. We are to honor the Lord with our possessions. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and the firstfruits of all your increase. So will your barns be filled with plenty and your vats shall overflow with new wine. That word there for honor is kabad or kabod, which means to make weighty. It's related to the word kabod or kabod, which means glory. The weightiness of God is His glory. Uh, back in, in the hippie days, hippies used to say when something was awesome, they would say, that's heavy, man. That wasn't just slang. That, that, that's a biblical term. God is heavy. He is glorious. And when you honor someone, then you make them weightier than they are, at least in your mind. You can't make God heavier than He already is, but in your own mind, maybe you didn't realize. That's why we magnify the Lord. It doesn't make Him bigger than He is, but it makes our perspective of Him bigger. So it changes our vision, makes it more correct. That's why we can never praise Him enough because our vision of Him is so small, so little. And so to make Him weighty with our possessions is to send Him home with a load, like if someone brought you a bushel basket of tomatoes. How much would that weigh? Fifty pounds, let's say, maybe, you know. Someone brought you 50 pounds of potatoes. You go home, weighted down. You would weigh more with that on your shoulder than you did before it was given to you. So to honor someone, to make them weighty, is to give them something that they didn't have or that they're worthy of having. It's respect. All right, I think you got the point. If you didn't, well, I can't do any better than that. Uh, The fifth commandment, is to honor our parents. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. Exodus 20.12 and Deuteronomy 5.16. Both Jesus and Paul emphasize this fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother which is a first commandment with promise. Ephesians 6. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And Jesus quoted this command. In the Gospels, it's recorded five times. Now, God blesses us in four ways. He blesses us through miracles. He can do that, right? How many's ever got a miracle check or a miracle provision? He can do that. But you know why it's a miracle? Because it's out of the norm. He also blesses us with hard work. I once had to go see a brother. He doesn't live in this part of Texas anymore, but I had to go see him because he was sitting at the house believing God for that miracle check to hit his mailbox. And as pastor, I had to go see him and in love, go get a job. Well, don't you believe God does miracles? Yes, I do. But you don't live by daily miracles. That's why they're miracles. There's... there's They're an exception to the norm. So he blesses by miracles, he does. He blesses with hard work. He blesses with investment. Investment from your proceeds from hard work. And he blesses through inheritance. God's blessing your parents. Their parents were blessed them. And so the descendants of the righteous are blessed. Why, young people, do you want to disrespect the person that has the authority to bless you when they pass? Well, she would never do that. He would never do that. Oh, really? It happens all the time. They can even intentionally jack the will up so the lawyers get it all. Parents do things when they're hurt and wounded. Honor your father and mother. Things will go well for you. Obey them. You can live longer. We went through a heartache of a funeral for a teenager years ago. Never want to go through that again. The kid was driving when he wasn't supposed to be driving. Down a road he was told never to drive down, and he was killed in a car wreck. Does that mean every time you dishonor your parents, you're in danger of being killed? No, but I tell you what, it increases the chances. Obey every ordinance of man. Things will go well for you, and you'll live a long time. Speaking of parents in the house, just want to give a hand for the re wedding of Kevin and Lisa Ledesma. Can you guys stand? (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. Honor those folks. They have the authority to make your life blessed. And while you're young, otherwise. The law gave a command to honor the elderly. Leviticus 19.32 says, You shall rise before the gray-headed, that is, stand up when someone elderly comes in the room, and honor the presence of an old man. That word is hadar, which means to favor or to swell up, just to to, to honor the, the elderly person. You know, elderly people have a lot of wisdom to give us. But they also have some regrets for things they did in the past. That's why, that's why those regrets actually give them wisdom that they're able to steer you and I down roads that they went down that they wish they hadn't so that you can do better than they did. Make them swell up with pride every time you're with them because you're honoring them. They paved the way for us. We stand on their shoulders. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. How many's glad about that? The New Testament says to honor real widows. 1 Timothy 5.3, honor widows who are really widows. Now, what is he talking about? If you read the context, he recognized all widows are widows, but there are widows with families that can help take care of them. They have children. They have siblings. They have sometimes parents. And the church should only be burdened, he's saying, with those who are really widows. That's widows who have no kinfolk. They have no one to help. Take up the slack in their life. The church is supposed to step up and help there. So if you've got widows in your family, don't look to the church. The Lord's looking to you. He instituted the family before He did the church. The Lord's looking to you so that the church will have resources to help those who are really widows. They're really alone in this. Check it out. It's there. That's the word tamao, to prize or to revere. And He is talking about giving. So it's one thing to honor someone with just words, but it's another thing to honor someone with some actions. The Lord rebuked the Israelites one time, actually more than one time, but one of the rebukes was, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. So our honor is to be a heart thing. One day God will honor those pursuing good. Romans 2.7, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek glory seek for glory, honor, and immortality. This is the word timei, which means value or dignity. Now, as human beings, we've already been honored. This honor have all his saints. Uh, what, what is man that God is mindful of him, that he was created a little lower than the angel. He was made in the image of God. We've been honored already. And so having been honored by the Lord, we're to give that honor away to others. In honor, we're to prefer one another. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Romans twelve ten. In honor, giving preference to one another. That is, honoring one another first. Well, I'll honor her when she honors me. I'll honor him when he honors me. No, we... Jump at the chance to honor each other first. Now, some churches are really good at honoring, and it's all about honoring everybody, including the dog catchers in the house, every time they get together. It will wear you out, all the honoring going on. But is there anything going on that's negating that honor? That's the big question. Are they talking bad about those they are honoring behind the scenes? I grew up in churches where the adults didn't have first names. That was considered dishonoring to call Bill, Bill, and Joe, Joe, and Susie, Susie, and Sally, Sally. You had to call them by their last name and preface it with brother or sister. Brother Jones and Sister White and Brother Black and Sister Green and Brother Brown and Maul Puckett (laughs) and Paul Puckett. And we would never in public call them by their first name, but in private. let the backbiting begin. What is that? That's honoring with lips in public, but the heart is far from them. So what we're talking about is real honor. We are to honor everyone to whom it is due. Some people are worthy of honor. How about some honor due? Anybody thirsty? (laughs) We read this earlier. Give to all men, Romans 13, what they are due. Taxes to whom taxes. Customs to whom customs, respect to whom respect is due, and honor to whom honor is due. Do it. Biblical honor. Our conduct is to always be honorable. We read this. I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. We should be easy to honor because we're not living as evildoers, even though they may accuse us of that. They may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God on the day of visitation. Because of your belief in the Bible, they may label you a bigot. Well, don't turn around and label them something. Just say, you know, I disagree with you. I'm biblical. I love all people. But I believe this is how God called us to live. And we are told to honor all, even the government. Show proper respect to everyone. Verse 17, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, honor the king. Now let's talk about America. Sometimes it's our national pastime to be armchair quarterbacks, to share our opinions. Everybody has a right to opinions. But you cross the line when you go into the area of dishonor. When our children hear us dishonoring authorities. You know what? They may do that to us. If we're to honor all people, I'm not trying to run anybody's life. You've got to pray about this and seek this, you know, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Honor. All people love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, the basilius, the seat of authority. Coming in November, some people are going to be happy as a result of the election and some people are going to be upset. And some people, no matter which way it's going to go, are going to be upset. Right? But all the people are not going to be happy. But notice, Peter didn't write, honor all people when you're happy or honor the king when they're worthy. He just says honor the king. Well, I'm going to have to study the context. Well, go ahead and study the context. And, but before you do, let me uh, just share a little bit of the context. Nero was emperor. Now, you talk about a despicable guy in the same line with Stalin and Hitler and all the other dictators that, that history disdains. Persecutor of Christians. Burned down Rome and blamed believers for it. Set Christians on fire as torches in his parties. Horrible. Probably insane. That's who in authority when this was written. Now, did God deal with him? Ultimately, he did. You can bet he's not in heaven. <gasps> How could you say that? There's no fruit of repentance. He killed himself in 68 A.D. And this guy was one of the governors of one of the regions of the empire. Galba was governor of Spain. He was on his way to attack Rome anyway. So when he arrived, he made himself emperor. But almost immediately, 69 A.D. begins... And the governor of upper Germany, northern Germany, also rebelled and marched on Rome. His name was Otho. And he uh, turned on Galba and killed him. He wasn't the governor of Germany. This guy was. So while this guy was on his way to Rome to attack, this guy, Otho, he was one of uh, Galba's supporters, kind of like Julius Caesar's assassination. Otho killed Galba. Then Vitellius' attack began, and of course they killed Otho. All three of these guys came from the west. The eastern part of the empire began to feel neglected. And so... In the fall of that year, still 69 A.D., the year of four emperors. You want to Google something? Google that. The year of four emperors. i will tell you all about what happened in 69 A.D. Vespasian led people uh, at the end of the year to fight against Vitellius, and Vitellius was killed, and Vespasian came, became emperor and ruled for almost 10 years. And then his descendants retained power for I don't know how many decades after that. So you would say that is an unstable government, wouldn't you? You would say that is unworthy of respect. Well, if you don't like it, then move. Well, you know, I understand some people are going to be moving to Canada. Be sure and take your coats. (laughs) Some people may be moving to Mexico. Be sure you have an air conditioner. But in this case, where are they going to move? The empire. You can't get away from them. The word of God stands like a sword cutting through all the confusion. Honor the king. No matter who's in authority, I believe the the truth still stands. Honor the king. What does that mean? Pay taxes and render respect however you do that. Do not worship them. That would be contrary to the will of God. Right? Right? no matter who is in authority. I went to Bible school once, and in a year and a half, we had four presidents. I changed Bible schools. Back to America. I got this text today from Sonny Kanatzer, uh, a friend of mine, and Dale Kennedy's, and He sometimes sends encouraging words to pastors. He said, In 1782, Congress approved the use of the Bible in our schools, and the Bibles were paid for with tax dollars. In 1844, some folks sued to have the Bibles removed. But the Supreme Court ruled, quote, Why not the Bible, and especially the New Testament, to be read and taught as divine revelation in the schools? Where can the purest principles of morality be learned and so clearly or so perfectly as from the New Testament? Unquote. That was our Supreme Court. We've come a long ways, haven't we? We've come a long way from that ruling, but today you all get to stand and preach from the book that contains divine revelation that your people and all people need as much now as ever before. Now, before we wind, about how much our country's changed, how it's going down the tubes and how our leaders are unworthy of respect. And I'm not going to do what the Word says today. Let me ask you, is the Bible being read in your house? Not really, but I think it ought to be read in the White House. Well, I think who rules in this house is the most important thing in our life anyway. And if we whine about the government's approach to the Word of God, what about the church's approach to the Word of God? What about our approach to the Word of God? What about it? Ooh, I could go to a lot of places there, but I am not going to. (laughs) Unstable, but honor the king. Honor the king. Why? So that the church can be busy and do the right things. Who's heard of the house church movement in China? Would you say the Chinese government is oppressive? Is the house church movement into rebelling against the Chinese government? No, only but only when it comes to places of worship. Do you know the house churches are now becoming mega churches? Yeah, I think that's doing a number on the house church movement in America. They're becoming mega churches. They've come out of hiding. They're not in houses anymore. They're building schools and Now they're in uproar because the government wants to take crosses off their building. Why? They are being busy about the real thing. We're here as ambassadors for the Lord. All right, back to biblical honor. Whew, made it through that part. In chapter 3, husbands are told to honor their wives. This is a real key to our having unhindered prayers. How many want to have prayers answered? Verse 7 of the next chapter. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as to the weaker vessel or the more delicate vessel, kind of like a piece of china compared to a a, uh, Melmac cup. Who who remembers Melmac? Piece of china compared to toughware. You deal with the two differently. Honor your wife, because she's special, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. It's as though the father stands back. You know, he's also our father-in-law. He says, you know what, son? Talk to the hand. Stop browbeating my daughter. Learn to dwell with her in an understanding manner. Stop expecting her to be like you. Sameness is lameness anyway. You wouldn't have married her in the first place. Unhindered prayer. If she messes up, cover her. Her problem is your problem, right? It's our problem. We are walking through stuff. It wouldn't be, well, trust me, the Lord's working things in you and I to make us more like Christ. And the same goes for men as well. Ladies, your husband has a problem. You have a problem. It's our problem. Own it together. Respect and honor. I didn't have time to read this in the first service, but I want to because men are greatly disrespected because of a lot of foolish men in the world. But I want to honor the men in the house with something in a recent Time Magazine editorial. Uh, written by self-described feminists, Camille Paglia. She called for an end to what she called our culture's habit of demonizing men for their faults, failings, and foibles. She writes, "...men are absolutely indispensable right now. Invisible as it is to most feminists who seem blind to the infrastructure that makes their own work possible... It is overwhelmingly men who do the dirty, dangerous work of building roads, pouring concrete, laying bricks, tarring roofs, hanging electric wires, excavating natural gas and sewage lines, cutting and clearing trees and bulldozing the landscape for housing developments. It is men who heft and weld the giant steel beams that frame our office buildings. It is men who do the hair-raising work of insetting and sealing the finely tempered glass plate windows of skyscrapers 50 stories tall. Every day along the Delaware River, one can watch the passage of vast oil takers and towering cargo ships arriving from all over the world. These stately vessels are loaded, steered, and offloaded by men. The modern economy with its vast production and distribution network is a male epic in which women have found a productive role, but women were not its author. Surely, modern women, are strong enough now to give credit to where credit is due. Can we give all the men in the house a hand, ladies? We are called to honor and be honorable. So two questions. Are you honorable? Are you easy to be honored? Or are you just demanding honor because the Bible says you're supposed to be honored? Why make it hard for people to honor you? Why not become honorable? Repent of your sin. Admit you're wrong when you're wrong. Pride will take you to hell. You're not fooling anybody but yourself. Are we such narcissists that everybody is a supporting actor in the movie of our life? Who died and made us? God. One man died and proved he was God, Jesus. It's the quest for honor that makes people not humble themselves. If you humble yourself, you know what? You're going to be humbled. You're going to be humbled and exalted. Humiliation comes before exaltation. Humble yourself and let others exalt you. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray that your word would have an impact on our lives in such a way that we would excel at honoring one another, that honor would be a prevailing principle in our homes and that as citizens, Lord, you would help us to walk the razor's edge of truth and not be suckered into the world's errors. Help us to beware of pundits that would bait us, even our own newspaper that would bait us into playing some sort of tit-for-tat, yin-yang, silly game. Help us, Lord, to walk that straight and narrow path and honor all people including our leaders, our governors. For the sake of the gospel, Lord, help us to see that if the world is reached with the gospel and more people become believers, it will have an impact on the nation that we want it to have. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to have a great holiday. Be careful. Millions of people are driving down the road. If you get tired, stop and sleep. Well, I can't rest in those rest areas, but I can sleep while I drive. Well, just don't. I understand. I pulled into rest areas, and my goodness, is it a scary place. You hear footsteps, you can't sleep. Don't take risks. It's better to be late and alive than dead on time. And for those of you that are walking through seasons of dishonor from members of your family that should be honoring you, I just want to encourage you today. A few years ago, well, a long time ago, my wife and I walked through a season of dishonor, a few years, with some members of our family. The Lord gave us a five-point plan that included uh, never speaking ill of them, uh, remembering special days, the card or phone call, trying to see them, you know, knock on that door at least once a year. Praying for them, I don't remember what the fifth one was, but that's enough. The Lord to give you, give you what to do. Let's stand. May the Lord God Almighty bless you and keep you beyond your dreams. May He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Almighty God lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. Yes, in the midst of the crap, may you have peace. In the midst of the conflict, may you have peace. Not peace that's based upon compromise, but peace that's based upon victory. Victory over your spirit. Victory over the devil. And victory over your fears. In the name of the living God. Go get them. And tigers look for somebody to honor. Honor one another right now in Jesus. Name.